0: Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hi! Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Matt. And today we're talking about... Rashad
0: Penny revenge game against America. I mean, a bunch of backup running backs showed out today. We'll tell you which performers were for real and which were just a flash in the pan.
1: Everybody wants to talk about Nikhil Harry's touchdown... We'll talk about the Patriots players you should actually care about moving
0: forward. Is Carson Wentz good or bad? Could it be that hashtag both things can be true?
1: I say blurb about the Carolina Panthers.
0: Are the Browns gaining some
1: steam? Well, because the Raiders are.
0: All of that and more on today's show.
1: Listen up. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast. It's Liz Loza joined by Matt Harmon. Matt Harmon joined by Liz Loza. This was an equitable relationship. We've also got Brett Raider and Ragu producing today. Week 12. Why are you looking at me, Goofy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're having fun, baby. It's
0: week 12. Can see the finish line. But this was a fun week of football. I saw people coming in kind of hating on this slate of games from a fantasy perspective. And I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. The sexiest fantasy bunch of matchups of all time. But I think some purely respectable games and takeaways to come out of this
1: week. Respectable, yes, but not particularly electric. I mean, when Brian Hill is getting vultured for the second week in a row, you got people real fired up and angry.
0: I mean, if you were banking on Brian Hill again, like, that that's on you, buddy. That's not on us.
1: I mean, isn't he part of the wolf pack?
0: Yeah, but the wolf pack. The thing about being a, the thing about being in the wolf pack is you don't you don't die on bad take hill, Okay, the wolf pack moves on once we've scavenged somewhere and there's no um, food to eat there. You you move right along.
1: So what bone are you chomping on this <laughs> week? <laughs> I mean, we've got a bunch
0: of backup running backs to, to chew on. Let's do it. You know,
1: gnaw on it, man. Just Rashad gnaw on Penny, this. the beneficiary to another Chris Carson fumble. Although he was working before that, it should be noted.
0: Yeah, Penny. It should be. Penny, and it has been noted. Now, it will Penny, be. Penny was popping a little bit. Um, I'm very hesitant. Oh, I'm not touching him. No. Are you
1: kidding me? Yeah. He no, doesn't do anything in the passing game, is kind of the problem.
0: Right. I mean, it is the only interesting part of it is that he made some of these big plays against an Eagles defense that's been um, very good. Sure. Of late. Also, I mean, he was kind of the reason that they. That 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 touchdown was really a big reason that they ended up winning this game because um, the passing game really didn't move the ball through the air at all. Um, and we could talk about that game you know, maybe a little bit later, but uh, I'm not touching Penny.
1: Bo Scarborough, he did some hashtag work with an E.
0: With, work with an E. W E R K. W E R K. Oh, that is work
1: with an E. Yeah, friend. work yep. with an E. All I was right. like work
0: at, at the E with at the end. I mean. What it was, uh, man, so Bo
1: Scarborough.
0: <laughs> I'm not current kids, yeah. Bo Scarborough, uh, he, he did some stuff. I mean, it wasn't whoa, like... whoa,
1: whoa. 18 carries is a dream volume wise for this position,
0: yes. Here's the thing, though, loses the fumble. So, the bottom line fantasy numbers aren't great 98 rushing yards. You like that, but he was, of course, as expected, a zero in the passing game.
1: He had one target,
0: so I think you have to ask yourself going forward. Can you? I, I think you know exactly what you have in Bo Scarborough, and this was probably the best case scenario. But however, we can wow. we, let's talk. Let's spin it forward to, to next week.
1: Sure, Thanksgiving.
0: Thanksgiving. We've Lions got host the, the Bears. Lions host the Bears. Straight up, right now, here on Sunday night, who do you think will have more rushing yards, Bo Scarborough or David Montgomery? I
1: think Bo Scarborough. I
0: agree with you. the, the, yes. the Bears have been vulnerable against the run. You probably get him. You probably get to use him for another week here um even if, again i still think this is probably the best case scenario but i could see this a similar scenario repeated next week
1: also I like a running back on a short week because I tend to think uh, the exhaustion favors the running back position. We see that on Thursday nights regularly. I also think the Bears defense has been vulnerable versus the run. They're going to be a little gas. They are traveling. Bo is home. We know what a tradition Thanksgiving is for the Lions organization, whether or not that should remain the case for the future. Depends on your personal perspective and maybe where you live in the country. Also, David Montgomery is averaging less than two yards per carry, and Matt Nagy refuses to fully commit to him.
0: I mean, I think he just said why he doesn't want to commit to him. They're not doing the damn thing on the ground. But nevertheless, Scarborough. Uh, but there
1: is an argument. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, okay. yes. That is all true. But there is also an argument to allowing the man to find a rhythm, knowing that Tariq Cohen is not anything but a role player and more of a slot receiver.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this, the offense is just so bad at this point that the the worst thing that the Bears can do is, like, win some games and they're like, eh, Trubisky, maybe we can oh, run this back one more time. It's just prepare yourself for that possibility. If they go on a nice little run here, finish the season, you know, nine and seven or something.
1: All right. So bigger turkey, Jeff Driscoll or Mitch Trubisky. God.
0: you Look, Driscoll, not for nothing. Um, three interceptions today, but the 63 rushing yards got him to 15 Girl, points. this is what
1: I'm talking about. Damn right. What was the thing we liked about Trubisky? Oh, his athleticism, his mobility. Are we seeing a whole bunch of that?
0: We're seeing enough that it's still like a talking point for every commentator. Uh, that that calls their games every single week, but not really enough. Because to be he rushed in a touchdown today. Yeah. Fine. So it's enough but the problem with Trubisky is like he has no feel for the game to the point that like he can't scramble around and get out of the pocket like he can create something. No, he's you just could...
1: running because he's like, I don't want to get hurt, but I don't know what to do while I'm running.
0: He looks like Marcus Mariota as a runner. Oh. Like the way Mariota like
1: oh, Man, what if the Mariota ends up? under center for the bears next year that is real
0: yeah, trust me i got some i got some i got some hashtag content on that coming
1: no oh, i can't wait i i have a feeling though you'll tell us all about the article you're writing when it's a uh, but it,
0: but is it an article Ooh.
1: oh okay
0: so latavius murray <laughs> he rushed in the touchdown today he
1: sure did
0: but he's just a stash right i mean you got you got to feel lucky that you got to feel tilted if you're an alvin Kamara. uh
1: i don't think you do Like, I understand that because you didn't get the touchdown, except Sean Payton said at halftime that he wanted to get Alvin Kamara more involved, and then he did. You're
0: right. Um, I was really banking on a huge... Like Alvin Kamara type day. And I mean 14 fantasy points. Like that's fine. Um, It just is. It's He's caught it's, all
1: nine of his targets. It's, it's
0: moderate. It's moderately tilting to see I mean, Latavius Murray get seven carries. And then he, the the one consequential run he runs in is the touchdown. That's it's just it's minorly tilting. Not I majorly. I think what
1: Kamara offers you through the air. His efficiency especially. But I mean, this New Orleans offense. How about, how about this? Like. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, let's just talk about the pass catching portion of this of this offense. In in those two and like maybe Jared Cook, who's more efficient these receivers or Would you rather—are these receivers more efficient, or is their quarterback more accurate? The argument was always that these receivers are efficient because they have such an accurate quarterback. Though today we saw uh, Drew Brees maybe not connecting as much as he could have.
0: You're a clown if you think that it's, like, the quarterback making these guys at this point. It's also—like, this is a gorgeous offense for fantasy because Michael Thomas, 10 catches. Jared Cook, 6 catches for 99. Alvin Kamara, 9 catches. And a touch, yeah. And then— Everyone else, Ted Ginn has two catches, everyone else one catch. Like, this is a very concentrated unit right now, so that's gorgeous. But also, like, it's now a completely, like, just a dumb take to say, like, Michael Thomas, especially, is a product of Drew Brees when we've seen him crush it with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think when you actually, if you actually watch the games, you see that Thomas is a guy who elevates the quarterback around him, not the other way around.
1: And O.P., you know who else elevates an offense that needs much more elevation than this one running back can provide? Benny Snell. Speak on
0: it. This is this is your guy.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I know on uh, Friday's show, we recorded on Thursday night before we knew Benny Snell would be active. Trey Edmonds was the pick because Matt and I both agreed that Jalen Samuels is much more it of a receiver. It. He's not a rusher. Benny Snell is a rookie that the team was very high on and... When he's been healthy, I know he's not fast, but he is powerful, he is durable, and he is going to get the early downs work, and he's going to see the goal line. And I think moving forward, clearly Mason Rudolph, who's getting benched, ain't it either. Do you
0: want to, let's Galaxy, we'll come, we can like flesh out the Mason Rudolph thing in a little bit later, but like Galaxy brain this running back situation for just a second, because what if, you know, we know that, Jalen Samuels is not a runner, as we said. Mm -hmm. And I think – I wonder if the Steelers just said, like, man, having him out there with such a good pass catcher, you know, that he is, it, like, incentivizes Mason Rudolph's worst instincts to already check down and just get rid of the ball before anyone comes near me. Get rid of the ball before anyone comes near me. Like to do that more. It incentivizes, yeah. The ten, so they're like, we can't have this guy back there giving us ten catches for fifty-six yards or whatever mm-hmm. awful line he might come out with. So let's bench him, throw a real running back out there that's not this just pseudo receiver thing. And I think that actually might have been a reason why Rudolph played so poorly Force today to, to, to get the ball. Yeah, to get to get benched. I mean, a thirty-nine point eight passer rating for Mason Rudolph. Uh, give me a break.
1: Give me a break.
0: But Snell, though, I think James Conner, like we've said is like a consistent risk for a mid-game aggravation. That's true.
1: 21 carries, man.
0: 21 carries. I mean, this is the identity. Like, Pittsburgh, if they're going to have an offensive identity, even if it's Duck Hodges going forward.
1: If it is Duck Hodges, this is definitely the identity. I mean, they are not shy about saying, we do not want Duck Hodges to throw the ball. This is no more. Like, the Mason Rudolph experiment has been experimented. Mm -hmm. And now we just have to lean on the run. Next week, they've got Cleveland. Then they're at Arizona. But I still think that... Volume here is going to lean towards Snell's favor, even if the offense is not one that you want to be attached to.
0: No, I mean, this is they're not so bad because of their defense. They're going to constantly be in scripts that keep the game close. And also those two, though none of those matchups like completely scare me away. So, yeah, I think I think Snell's a guy that if he starts. Connor obviously injury notwithstanding mm-hmm. uh, if he starts I mean I think he w- you want to play this guy as like a Rb2 again s- similar sort of similar to Bo Scarborough in a way um, except sure. that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is much better than the Lions defense therefore you can count on them keeping the games closer keeping the game scripts right for a longer term even if you do like Scarborough and Driscoll's
1: friskier than Hodges too
0: Driscoll's friskier for sure, uh, but that's a double-edged sword. Like, I think Hodges, like, what we've seen from him so far is protect the ball, keep it clean, keep the offense on schedule. Driscoll we've seen, I'll take my chances, and sometimes that doesn't always work out.
1: Are you interested at all? Not not you, Matt Harmon, the fantasy football player, but you, Matt Harmon, the fantasy football advice provider. sure. Very different cap I'm asking you to wear right now in Quadre Allison, who has vultured Brian Hill two weeks in a row now and seems to be the better answer. We talked about fresh legs at the halftime show. I'm not saying you spend a waiver claim necessarily or you blow a bunch of fab, but is this more of a like, well, the Brian Hill situation is one to avoid versus go pick up Quadre Allison?
0: I think one of the best uh, takeaways I've heard from this season so far came from our Yahoo Fantasy colleague, James Co, which is some of these bad rushing teams, like, we don't need to continue to try to go down the pecking order here and reinvest in the backup that comes up on these bad running teams. The Falcons have been unable to run the ball all year, and yes, I do think Devonta Freeman has been part of the problem. No doubt. That guy doesn't have the juice anymore. But do we necessarily oh, think Olison... Hill, do we think they have more juice than a washed-up Devonta Freeman? I don't know. Hill has shown it in spurts, but again, I don't think it's enough for this rushing team to be anything more than average, and with a bunch of backups out there, I I think there are going to be better situations to um, invest in.
1: All right. Do we have to talk about Ronald Jones? No, we don't. Okay, great. So let's do a little game recapping, right? Um, Let's talk about... The... The New England game, the Dallas at Patriot, the Cowboys at Patriots game. Um yeah, is Nikhil Harry a thing?
0: I want to see the snap counts in terms of how much like he actually played. Um, because he drew just four targets. Four targets
1: than Jacoby Myers.
0: Yep. Um way fewer than Julian Edelman as well. I mean, honestly, it's worth investigating. Um, you know, if you're gonna get red zone looks from Tom Brady in this offense, it's solid. But the problem is this offense is just It's not it's not great right now. I mean, Dallas had ample chances to win this game if they're if they were, you know, a little less cowardly. And uh, if their offense had been able to beat this great defense, the secondary, especially um, with any sort of regular routine. Um, The problem is that that didn't happen. But New England at this point still is a very um, unhealthy passing game. So I I don't know that Nikhil Harry is necessarily a thing. I think the biggest takeaway from this um, Patriots offense today was Sony Michelle,
1: and the rushing the, the rushing attack looking more powerful, explosive. Find the positive positive adjective. You made a great point on the halftime show about while this offensive line has not been fully realized yet, having Isaiah Wynn back certainly helped at least a side of it.
0: The game deciding run. Where New England pretty much locked in that they were going to win that game by getting a first down came from a block that Isaiah Wynn made on that left side, and it was a big sony Michelle run down down that left side of the offensive line, so I think that that was a very big difference for them to have out there I mean just not having Marshall I mean they still have Marshall Newhouse out there at right tackle Mm -hmm. but this guy's been like passed around every single team and been a problem everywhere so
1: that's called a journeyman
0: that is called a journeyman a veteran journeyman but it has not been a fun journey for the Patriots (laughs) having him as a starting uh, left tackle so when being back that is huge, uh, especially if Shaq Mason starts to play a little bit better. There's potential for Sonny Michelle to be a better fantasy uh, commodity down the stretch. I mean, again, still today, 85 rushing yards. And in the passing game, it was a lot of Rex Burkhead. I mean, a lot. Two for 14 well, for Rex, Rex Burkhead. Head bad. One for six, negative six for uh, James White. So you know that it's still like a touchdown or bust play for Sonny Michelle, but... Those chances will just be getting better if they do, if they are able to turn to the run game because they're passing him right now. It's just not good enough to carry the team. Tom, next, Tom Brady even said as much. Well,
1: he said as much, which is why I think we all kind of expected to see this heading into the game because if Tom Brady says it's going to go a certain way, it's probably going to go a certain way. But next week, it's going to be interesting to see what Michelle and this line as part of that equation can do because they're at Houston. And obviously, we all know the way to attack Houston is via the pass. Yeah. So it should be made easier in theory. And, uh, you know, obviously, J.J. Watt is not a part of the equation right now either and hasn't been for a couple of weeks. So are the Patriots going to be able to play play? The way they want to play, assumedly based on this matchup next week, or are they going to have to find a way to lift this passing game? I think the answer is like if they're going to play the, the if they're going to exploit the holes in Houston's defense, that means Tom Brady's going to be forced to air it out a little bit, but they still have the balance.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, the good news is that uh, Houston has and been... Dorsett should be back. Yeah, Dorsett should be back. And Houston, by the way, has been struggling at all levels oh, now at this position. point. Sure. Um, you know, they started; they gave up a, a lot of production to Jonathan Williams on Thursday night as well. That's Do you
1: want to have? Um, yeah, they have extra time to get healthy. I mean, that yeah. was a Thursday night game, and they're going to have a breather for a second to regroup. I got to imagine that that happens. Um, you had, I thought, an interesting take on Jason Garrett? no I think I mean I think it's spot my issue with talking about Jason Garrett on a week to week basis and I've said this on cover three is like yeah I get it everyone wants him fired yeah got it okay it's not happening it's not happening I do think it will happen this year because not not because he's ineffective or conservative but because there are college coaches per the Yahoo NFL podcast, um, which Charles Robinson and Therese Paylor do and have intimated that like Urban Meyer and other college coaches are in, are interested in this job. And that is a window that I feel like Jerry Jones now has like an excuse to jump on.
0: And I think also the reason people want to keep talking about Jason Garrett being gone is just because it's been it, I think it's a lot of wish casting because this offense shows so much potential to be maximized, and I think Kellen Moore gave us a little taste of it yeah. early in the season. Um the problem is just that the coaching the the head coach adds nothing like to the equation. What what does Jason Garrett do all week besides clap? We know he claps, that's the thing. But um he does nothing but hold them back. I mean, today they lose because
1: I mean I can't I'm like as we were talking about this in the green room, I kept thinking about Mike McCarthy yeah. and all the reasons that he got canned. And honestly, part of that was obviously Aaron Rodgers saying the things that everybody who was watching the games were saying. Right. And maybe I i don't know if Aaron Rodgers is a diva. I don't like care if Aaron Rodgers is a diva. I think you're allowed to be if you're Aaron Rodgers, to be quite frank. But Dak doesn't have... um. The reps, or years, or leverage—frankly—in this moment to, or
0: the personality, to be to be honest, like and that's Dak kind is, of Dak why he a, might not get paid. Dak is kind of a consummate soldier. To...
1: Also, sh- soldiers maybe don't get paid as much as loudmouths.
0: I think in the end, Dak is going to get the money because he's a quarterback. But I mean. I don't know. I think.
1: Did wait, he have a signature moment? Uh, well, I, that the thing, Cobb.
0: The thing, the thing is. That Amari
1: Cooper catch. The, <laughs> Ama-
0: what, the Amari Cooper catch it should it have been done. at the end. Yeah. That was a nails pass on fourth and 11 from Dak Prescott. And that's what your team is. You, Liz, you talk about when someone who shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Um, Jason Garrett, your defense has shown you again and again what they are. And you haven't believed them yet. This is an offense first team. Your quarterback has made nails throws on third and fourth and long all season. And he did it again here. Unfortunately, Amari Cooper just doesn't come up with it. Also, it's worth noting, too. Anytime I said that, I did, it, despite breaking down uh, the Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper potential coverage thing on FFL, and also in my preview article this week, I did note in the piece, whenever we expect Bill Belichick to do something, probably a bad sign when we're all on board with how he's going to cover these two receivers. Because Stephon Gilmore trailed Amari Cooper around the field. Mm-hmm. And this looked a lot more like Oakland Amari Cooper than Dallas Amari Cooper. But
1: I don't think that that has anything to do with Amari Cooper's efficacy as a receiver or a chain mover. Oh, no. He's just
0: – I mean, this is just a tough matchup. And yeah. And
1: it was going to be regardless of what yeah. what um, defensive scheme Belichick employed, though.
0: Yeah, just uh, again a big kick in the teeth for they have zero catches. His only two, his only two targets come on the one interception that Dak has, and then that fourth down failure. But while it didn't failure. come
1: via the like Gilmore bracketing, blah 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 blah, the Patriots still did take away their number one receiver and force Dak to use Cobb and not Jason Witten, but Blake uh, I mean, Darwin. they tried he, I mean, to use
0: Jason Witten. And I mean, what is the point <laughs> We're about Jason? Garrett. What's the point of Jason Witten if he's going to drop two key passes in the game? Like if he's supposed to be the, he's he's almost better at Monday Night Football than he is at playing tight end Woo! this deep into the season. Enough. I mean, enough. Things. Enough with Jason Witten. This, this, this just, Listen, just Sometimes
1: you need a veteran presence to really bring that whole locker to really room together. It really show you can't
0: move the hell on.
1: That's that's the take. All right, um, let's talk about Seattle uh, and Philadelphia. Let's talk about. I thought this was interesting to have both of these quarterbacks. Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz juxtaposed. Um, we talked about this a little bit in the green room as well, because what made Carson Wentz so exciting his rookie year was his escapability, his ability to improvise, right? There were plays you're like, how is he still extending this mm-hmm. play? That's obviously something that Russell Wilson does incredibly well, too. And you want to talk about having a bad offensive line and still managing to connect on throws. Russell Wilson has become the king of that. And yet, Carson Wentz, since being injured in his rookie year, doesn't seem to have that fearlessness. That that confidence that Wilson doesn't, seeing those two quarterbacks in the same game, I thought yeah. really made that paradox evident.
0: I completely agree with you. It was really good to see those two lined up back to back like that because here's the deal yes, Carson Wentz is the ultimate both things can be true case here in 2019 because no question his receiver core is a massive problem. I mean, when you're running out. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's shown us time and time again, he's not ready yet. Jordan Matthews, on like his third stint with the team, has once again responded to the U-Up text. And Greg Ward... Uh, well i mean like third
1: in team targets of this greg ward jr
0: yeah i mean this is your this is your receiver core i, I don't think so and <laughs> that so that's no doubt a problem tight ends and running backs combined to catch 22 passes from carson wentz today and by the way none of those were like big deep balls or anything like that to this point Wentz has stacked two games sub 76 passer rating and uh yards per attempt below 5.9 in back-to-back games and it it's true that that his surroundings are problematic, but it's also true that he is, he is not done. He is problematic. And it's not that he's going to be bad forever. It's not that type of indictment. But it's interesting to note, too, you talk about the lack of improvisational, the, some of the misses just outside of structure. Mm. I think of Cam Newton and how they used to relate things to, well, we need to evolve the offense like the Steelers did with Ben Roethlisberger, who was also a similar sure. escape artist, improv- improvisational. Now, this – moment has come much earlier for Carson Wentz, but I wonder if we're sitting at a similar uh, timeline here where the Eagles just look like they need an offseason, like a total reboot of this this receiver core, of this offensive line, and maybe then we look at, okay, how do we start to make life easier on Carson Wentz? I guarantee that is the narrative.
1: Well, I mean, I mentioned the offensive lines because Lane Johnson and Jason Peters were both banged up in this one, and so he is... I almost wish like I I want to see him under that pressure improvise more.
0: Oh, and I agree. I just don't
1: think he I just don't think He doesn't he, look
0: comfortable in the no. eye of the storm anymore.
1: And I don't know, I mean I don't know if that's because he's afraid of getting hurt again or or whatever but or, or because he feels like he doesn't have the weapons. He certainly doesn't have the speed at his disposal to no. make that happen. It's
0: it's a total nightmare when it comes to, like, the vertical passing game. Um, I mean, for fantasy, like, you can count on Ertz and Goddard to give you, like, a reception base floor. But there's no, like, there's no—they've been unable to also, like, transition into a big-time running team.
1: Well, Jordan Howard has been hurt.
0: And that's problematic, too, because you'd think, like, okay, this is the time for Miles Sanders. But it's just not all the way there for Sanders. I think that's that's the clear takeaway like that There that, doesn't that, seem to
1: be a full trust in him though either.
0: And I get it. I don't think he's offered enough for you to say, let's turn the reins over to him and he's going to be this great workhorse.
1: No, see, I think that that is limiting thinking. I think that you have to give the guy the shot. You have to give him like we always talk about running back being a position of rhythm. We see Joe Mixon getting better and better, despite the fact that he has every single odd stacked against him because all he does is get the ball. It's not going to happen for you, Eagles. It's just not going to happen. So why not let Sanders eat and eat and eat and see what he can discover and find out?
0: The problem is uh, with Dallas continuing to fumble away chances. Oh, get out they of here. have Jay have chance. They sure. have a chance. Sure.
1: So they you're can gonna, easily
0: win the division gonna, and go into the playoffs. And I agree with yeah, you. Give like,
1: a kneeless Jay a six yeah, carries because I, heaven I, forbid we see you, you lost the damn game anyway.
0: I get it. I get it. But this is the way NFL coaches think.
1: Well, call me. <laughs> we already talked about the Seahawks. I don't know if you want to discuss Tyler Lockett at all and nah. and why he only caught one ball. He entered this game banged up. And yeah. DK Metcalf also, uh, he almost had a touchdown, right, if I'm recalling correctly? Didn't he almost have a touchdown? It's been a long it. day. Um, regardless, the Seahawks come away with the win. And what is the next team we are – what's the match? Okay. Carolina, New Orleans.
0: Uh, I, mean, I think we already talked about this enough. We talked about the Saints, but on the Panthers, I think it's just worth noting – um what an inc- like i think an incredible like locked in season that DJ Moore is having on a day where uh Christian McCaffrey runs 22 times for 64 yards 2.9 a pop um obviously he makes some noise in the receiving game with 6 for 69 and another touchdown um DJ Moore gets nine targets ties McCaffrey for the team lead and has six catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns he's really developing he's a he's a proof of a player that is not everything that he was as a as a rookie he's taken steps as a route runner they've done a lot to accentuate his strengths which he's always been good in 50-50 situations in tight coverage he's definitely good at the catch point um not like Nikhil Harry you know 80-20 type <laughs> <Nikhil> of good <laughs> but uh, but certainly but he was a
1: spark athlete with an cre- incredible athletic profile but he was raw right like that yeah. was the thing coming out of Maryland he was raw he was raw
0: And the problem for people that you know, like me who really liked Curtis Samuel coming into the year is that what Moore does well jives much better with what Kyle, Kyle Allen, Allen does, does well, well as yeah. a passer. So you're con- and that rhythm and that connection has continued to be a huge, a huge benefit for it's a Kyle reliable Allen. one. It is, yeah, he's he's the reliable one. He's the this is what the this is why I loved when Carolina drafted DJ Moore, even if he had questions as a route runner, because he's a layup reception creator, and there was no one that needed more layup receptions in their life than cam newton and now kyle allen is also benefiting from that because he's another guy that when the pressure comes things can get bad very quickly
1: there is no better layup reception creator than chris godwin at least in this first set of games i mean he can climb all the ladders and win all the 50 50s or the 80 20s or whatever you want to call them and he certainly did that today uh caught seven of eight i love when the i love when they're efficient for. 184 yards and two scores. Obviously, the 71-yard touchdown, it's it's a big boost to that stat line.
0: Yeah, but he's still going over 100, even if you take it away. And you don't take away players' best plays unless you're a clown. So, here's the deal. Chris Godden rocks. We know this. Also, we know that that Falcons' little cute resurgence thing that we saw for two weeks. Yeah, you can forget about that. Of course, they get some turnovers in this one. But that's a given when you play Jameis Winston. Uh, You still allow him to go for 313 three touchdowns he's now part of the 2020 club where he's got 20 picks and 20 touchdowns not a
1: club you want to be not
0: really a club you want to be and i mean james winston is who he is and if this was the best you could do against james winston and also allow uh your boy ronald jones to go for 51 yards and a touch sorry but your defense is not on some kind of resurgent string here and also mm-hmm. and that's pretty problematic when your passing offense was as bad as it was today
1: what's the mike evans problem though
0: This is just it's oh, this is
1: this is the like sometimes you have those weeks except to keep having that week.
0: No, this thing is you can because you can point to a real like on field situation, which is it's kind of a better version of what you have with Moore and Samuel. Is that Godwin is the reliable guy, the guy who can work out of the slot, work the middle of the field, is open on those in breaking routes. Evans is a thin margin for error receiver because he works vertical routes and he works outside and he works down the sideline. And for a guy like Winston who needs some reliability in his life, because uh, he's in, he was definitely going to throw it to the wrong team every now and again, I think that just, the, again, the skill sets line up better for Chris Godwin and, and Jameis Winston.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think I, I hear what you're saying in terms of Godwin's ability to be all over the field, to be a more versatile player, but, We've seen Jameis Winston and Mike Evans continually catch up. I mean, the the top of the season we were making excuses for Evans because he had like the stomach flu, right? He, yeah. he was he was sick. And then he blew up for a quite a minute. Um, and a lot of that was because Jameis Winston was the kind of quarterback who would just throw it up and need a receiver, similarly to like Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey, right? Like you just need somebody to win big body in in the red zone, and that's what Evans was doing. But you're seeing, I think you're seeing in this conversation of wanting to limit Jameis Winston's interceptions, right? Like Bruce Arians has talked about that a lot. And I think that is in Winston's head. Right. And he's like, Oh, I can't do that thing. I can't just like throw it up and pray because that's kind of how I've been playing. And everybody's talking about that. So I think it's also been a directive from the coach to say, let's get this other guy. who has a disparate, a different skill set than Evans more involved and force our quarterback to evolve or hopefully evolve because there is no damn depth at the possession position moving forward. And I don't know if Jameis Winston is the quarterback of the Bucks next year.
0: I don't think I don't think, I don't he, think is. he is. Um, but, but they got
1: to make him look good now.
0: Yeah, they got to try. Better. They got to try, right? Yeah. And I think so. Yeah.
1: Forcing him to use Godwin makes him uh, change a ha- change a- his skill set and maybe learn a-, a new. Yeah. You know, ha- have it My, evolve.
0: I agree with you. I think that that's like the two points together reveal the truth. A conversion.
1: Yeah. Miami and Cleveland. Well, look, the OBJ game happened. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns. We're seeing them – this is what we talked about on the podcast is like we want to see them build some things heading into 2020 because 2019 is over. There's no like way they can sneak into the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. But over the last three weeks, Baker Mayfield has started to stabilize because I think they're starting to simplify things. I don't think you can understate uh, how important – that how important Kareem Hunt has been to this offense as a receiver, as a layup guy. And also, I mean, he does. Valve. He's a safety valve. He brings, he, he brings something as I mean, today is two for nine, but whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: but his presence on the field also adds just another level of perhapsness. It's
0: like uh, there's a huge difference between when you had when previously it's like, oh, we're not giving the ball to Nick Chubb. Well, then we're giving it to Hilliard or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, That's not uh, that's not great. I think Doesn't it's, lie.
1: It's, confidence is what you're no, saying? I don't,
0: I don't think so. When you was like, okay, now we're not going to give the ball to Nick Chubb one of the 21 times we gave it to him on the ground today. We're giving it to Kareem Hunt. That is quite a, a bit of difference there. But also in this game, the passing the passing game options, Baker Mayfield, there was something that the, they said during the broadcast that he was like early in the year was too focused on force-feeding the receivers and like trying to make things.
1: That was the directive he yeah. was given.
0: Yeah, and so now at this point I think we've seen them simplify things to the point like okay take what the defense gives you if you can get it to beckham for six times for 84 yards and a touchdown that's fine if you are also getting it to jarvis landry 10 times for 148 and two touchdowns on 13 damn targets and then you look at the rest of the passing game demetrius harris two for 20 no one else does almost anything and i think that's good because you're not like trying to force it to antonio Callaway or harris or you know ricky seals jones and letting all these him other guys himself. like yeah.
1: baker mayfield is getting to feel himself he's finding his rhythms he's finding the rapport organically instead of hearing the everybody wants to see you and obj connect can you and obj connect are you going to do so is it going to happen is it going to happen and like now it will eventually happen in its own time so
0: i think it matters too that the pressure is off You know, like I said, I don't think that's all part of it. I don't think anyone is expecting them to go anywhere. But their schedule is pretty gettable from here on out at Pittsburgh next week. Then versus Cincinnati at Arizona versus Baltimore and then at Cincinnati. I mean, the only one that you're really worried about them there is, you know, I mean, I think that the Cardinals are as good as the Browns right now. I think they could take them to task. Um, I'd favor them to win over Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati again. And then obviously it's just the Baltimore and Cardinals game that, that I'd really be worried about. So I'm saying they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they are, but they can build a lot of optimism, the Browns building optimism where we've seen this before, but they can build a nice bit of optimism here down the stretch. So if you have Browns players, I don't think you can just be like, yeah, it was, look, it was the dolphins. Of course they, ter- they tore them up. I think there's more going on here.
1: I also think that Devontae Parker, if we're going to talk about Miami for a second, deserves some snaps because he has been, I mean, since the bye, he has scored or cleared 50 yards in every damn game. In week 11, he stole over 130 yards from Tredavious White. This week, caught 6 of 11 for 91. Next week, he's got Philadelphia. We talk about Darby and Mills being back and how that's improved the secondary, but I still am going to go advantage Parker on this when We talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick's DGAF, right? Yeah. And, like, he, the volume here. And I I, I am – he was an incredible buy in DFS this week because so many people are tired of the devon- – it's the fatigue of the brand, right? Yep. The The inability to ROI, and he is making it happen. So, I mean, if he is available somewhere on your waiver – he's owned in 75% of leagues, but he is started in under 60% of most leagues. So –
0: of all the times that, you know, we heard, oh, man, Jay Cutler, yeah, it's going to make Devonte Parker his new Alshon Jeffrey. Like, <laughs> this is the type of receiver that that <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick works with perfectly.
1: I mean, isn't it also interesting that Adam Gase isn't here anymore and he's doing well. Adam Gase isn't there to, like, emotionally bury a player. And so Devonte Parker maybe doesn't feel as stunted.
0: I think that you're onto something. There.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, speaking of Adam Gase, let's talk about uh, this trap game for the Raiders. So, at the Jets, Liz. Yes, Matt. I'm
0: a reasonable man. I think that you have slowly moved me off this is it a trap game situation. The more we've talked about this game so far, because not that I think I think that, that I still believe what I believe about the Raiders, which is that they're a pretty good team. Um, they but. They only have one script that they can play on, but more importantly, I think it's just—I think we're kind of the people who still think that the Jets are just a bottom barrel, like pushover team. I think they're—they kind of got take lock of what we saw early in the season. Like at this point, Sam Darnold has played pretty well on balance. The New England Patriots game obviously was horrific.
1: Oh God, they're the damn Patriots! It
0: doesn't—it doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, just—we no. know how we know how we talk about this all the time. We know how island games work. We know that they set a narrative like that Monday night Mm -hmm. game, especially because it had a theme of I'm seeing ghosts out there. He got
1: caught on the audio. Sure.
0: And then he also followed that up, like just confirmed the take lock, followed that up with a bad game the next week against the Jaguars. And a bad press conference. Yes. But take those two games out out of the equation. On balance, there was the Cowboys game. Every game since then, he's played pretty well. And there are enough weapons on this offense to make things happen. They've scored over 30 points in back-to-back, or er, three games in a row. I'm not saying that Adam Gase is saving the offense. In fact, if you believe some of the whispers, he's sticking. Sam Darnold uh, might have more input on the offensively, which, like, you know, go figure. Like, hey, you want your young quarterback to succeed? Maybe ask him what he wants to do. Overall, this Jets team is coming around to the point that I don't think you can consider them a trap team i think they're starting to build some optimism in that building
1: i tell you what tell me what liz loza um they have the bengals in week 13 and they are versus miami in week 14 this is confident stretch for darnold also robbie anderson has scored in back-to-back games Mm -hmm. i know against washington like you know one catch is not what you want to see volume wise but he did manage to score a touchdown at cincinnati give it to me people we talked about how this offensive line was not allowing Sam Darnold to plant his feet and find a receiver like Robbie Anderson who does what he does against the following two teams, though. I fully expect Robbie Anderson to be much more involved, especially because this is, these are the moments yeah. you want to get Robbie Anderson involved if you're Adam Gase because you want this young quarterback, especially if he is taking some ownership of the office and becoming the leader of this team and other players are buying in. Like you want that from your franchise guy. You want that from, the future of this team get past the city boy summer mono takes right and let him <laughs> yeah. find let him have his signature moments. I love that you call it that with Dak. Like let Sam Darnold over the next two weeks have those, especially if you're going to move some momentum and then have to find buff as have to go to Baltimore in week 15 because that is going to be a challenge. But if you have the confidence of the next two games of of, of a month of games, frankly, heading into that matchup. You're going to do so much better, and the narrative heading into the offseason is not going to be nearly as problematic, even yeah. if Adam Gase is still your damn H.C.
0: <laughs> which is problematic, going most likely. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with your take there. I think we did just expectations on the Jets' uh, offense especially, and their defense has a clear strength, which is stopping the run. The run and that proved to be quite a problem for the Oakland Raiders. Who, who are not balanced. Who cannot play left-handed. I mean, Derek Carr, Why is it
1: left-handed? Is that like or like with one hand behind your back because yeah, most people's most dominant people, most people hand are right, is their hand, right hand. So sure, you okay. got to
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know, I was asking. Yeah, that's a fair question. Um, I think w- when you look at the Raiders, obviously we know they've been kind of buoyed by their great young running back uh, one of the best pure runners in the NFL right now is Josh Jacobs. And is then he one
1: of the best pure runners? He's
0: there? one of the best pure yes. runners in the NFL. Gets shut down by this run defense. All, and by the way, the Jets are stacking points on top of you. Derek Carr has played really well this year. Heading into, heading into week 12 or heading into week 11, he was the best passer rating quarterback under pressure this year. I mean, he's been good. He hasn't seen a lot of pressure because the offensive line has, has played good. But, Overall, he's still not a guy that I I trust to elevate the situation around him when called upon.
1: Boom, totally agree with that. Um, I I, I got nothing. Uh, you're that said. Hold on, that said, you're not sitting Darren Waller, right? Like right. you're gonna give advantage, especially given the landscape. Yeah, who the hell are you sitting to, for? Right. Um, Jalen Rashard, my only frustration is why is Josh Jacobs not more involved in the passing
0: I know. game? I, I, I know. I know. I don't know. He has I has not know. I don't know. That's a confusing one. Right. I, and so maybe
1: know. Gruden looks at this and tries to shift because I don't like Jalen Rashard is efficient, but he's certainly not electric. No. Why not give Jacobs the opportunity to be more than just the best, purest rusher, but also have a do it all skill set. Of the other elite level backs, especially if your offense is predicated on hashtag establishing the damn run. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation why he's not getting any. But it's been consistent all year. He's just not running a lot of routes. He's not getting almost any targets. So I I, I don't
1: know. You know who's getting a lot of opportunities and working with them. Oh, get ready for some guacamole and ponytail takes, my friend.
0: <laughs> no one gets that uh derrick henry derrick henry's a stud
1: he's, he's how do you awesome. not get that by the way what do you mean i mean you should get at least the ponytail piece of it he's got a ponytail
0: yeah i think the guac part could be confusing for Matt, people who you don't view
1: derrick henry religiously
0: consuming Harmon content which i don't blame you uh listen derrick henry's awesome Are you not can't... gonna
1: tell people that he doesn't like guacamole Yeah.
0: Well. Okay. So I interviewed Derrick Henry at the draft.
1: Now y'all know.
0: It was a Tostitos sponsored event, so I figured we hugged. We we hugged. It was a beautiful. I love Derrick Henry, but he he, yeah. I did. I did clip his ponytail a little with my right arm, and I was uh, very nervous about that because if you know anything about Derrick Henry, he I'm a big guy, but I think he could still pick me up and toss me out the damn stadium. So, nevertheless, very nice guy. Uh, It was a Tostitos sponsored event. I figured uh, to get the sponsorship in, I'd ask him a cute little question about. Dips, uh, and I asked him to rank. Give me your, give me your dip rankings, bro. Guac, queso, and salsa. He went queso, salsa, guac. He said guac is disgusting. Bad. That's a bad look. But I'll forgive it because he's one of the best pure runners in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and also he dipped into the end zone twice in week twelve.
0: Two in a row. Two in a row with back to uh, back, back to back two touchdown games. He's. I mean, it's just like if you don't like watching like Derrick Henry. You're just—I think you just don't like football. I don't know. I No, I, don't know I what think to tell you have you. a
1: take lock, and you don't want to move away from it.
0: I think that's it because he's like—he's a blistering runner, and it's the same thing with like these these people that that like dog quarterbacks for you know. Oh, you're just beating up on a bad defense. Yeah, well, like he's beat up on the Chiefs and the Jags, two of the worst run defenses also, you in the play NFL.
1: Fantasy football this is kind of what you want, right? He's, he's averaging <laughs> eight <laughs> yards
0: a carry. Give me a break! Like he's not just okay, cool. He. he piddled his way to like 20 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns no he's like he makes things happen he makes things happen he's the he is the engine of the titans offense even if ryan Tannehill is giving them more stable play
1: this guy uh, oh, he's like a freaking joy to watch He's a joy to watch. He he revs my
0: engine. I'll say it.
1: Go. I mean, (laughs) is he the engine of Matt Harmon's offense?
0: I mean, listen, let me tell you what. Tell me what. If I could draft a running back to run in my offense in an ideal situation, I want that to be Derrick Henry because it looks cool to watch. This massive 250-pound guy slaughtering people in the open field like little – hapless children out there. It's amazing.
1: I mean, on the other side of things, another substantially sized running back also finally found the end zone twice. What is this? Where have you been, LF? All of our concerns on Friday's podcast about how what Nick Foles does doesn't really match what Leonard Fournette does. And lo and behold, you get 24 damn carries. So the volume is still there. And then he drops into the end zone twice. Plus he get <laughs> 12... Damn, target! I mean,
0: that has been a the theme for him all year, and why you've continued to play him in the fantasy no matter good, what yeah. is is the passing game volume too. I mentioned it seven for thirty four as a receiver last week in that brutal outing, which kind of saved six, your floor, but six, nine for, six, for sixty two. Yeah. Uh, that's <sighs> about so. As if Derrick
1: Henry is yours, like I feel like I've always had a soft spot for Leonard Fournette, and finally this year it's working out.
0: <laughs> there you go. Even if it's not always pretty. The the results have generally you know been what? good for I, Leonard. It Fournette. doesn't always
1: have to be pretty; it just has to be effective. There you go. Um. So yeah, let's talk about Jacksonville's receiving core a little bit, though, because obviously Leonard Fournette led with those twelve targets that I talked about. Um. And did you see any differences with Nick Foles adjusting from last week? Uh, was Dede Westbrook? So I th- here's what I found interesting. Like Dede Westbrook, we heard heading into week 11 that we there was a lot of expectations of D. J. Westbrook to be heavily targeted. And you bucked up against that correctly because D.J. Shark was the better player. But um, Nick Foles you know, likes to target the slot, that whole narrative. Will that it out in addition to Chris Connolly, my guy. Being the uh, contested catch receiver that he also needed, and those two were tied for second in team targets with nine apiece.
0: I could have sworn, you know, sometimes when you're watching the game and you're not tracking the box score, I could you you can be deceived because I could have sworn DJ Clark
1: had a bigger game. game. Yeah, I
0: was like five for thirty eight. What the hell? Uh, But I agree. I think he made some like good third down catches, and it's like, oh, nice. But you know, they all count the same in fantasy. Um, They all count
1: the same in fantasy. The problem
0: is, too, a lot of this was garbage time. Honestly in the second in the third quarter the Titans really took a commanding lead in this game. I think the deep ball was successfully thwarted for Nick Foles and the Jaguars which was the the big difference between him and Gardner Minshew and Foles' first start. Um do you think they I mean they said after this game that they are no there are no plans to change anything up at defensive coordinator or quarterback. Do you think we see for Gardner definite. Minshew before before the end of the season. Record
1: dependent. I, mean,
0: dependent. I, think they're, I think they're pretty much out of this AFC South race. They're fourth right now at four and seven.
1: But does Tom Coughlin think they're out of it?
0: <laughs> that I, I mean,
1: that's it doesn't matter if yeah. we do, right? right. Like there's a, a conservatism. A Conservatism?
0: Conservativism.
1: Conservativism. See, I'm so far away from that word. I don't even know how to say it. There you go. All right. Let's talk about uh, Denver and Buffalo and your boy Smokey being absolutely matchup proof. You howled at this in a good way. At this touchdown,
0: <laughs> like how we had to preface it, it was again a good way. Um, well,
1: yeah, I mean, howling could be in pain, you could howl in disgust. I just want to make sure you're howling in celebration.
0: Oh, it was a celebratory howl. Um, Cole Beasley had a big day too. Six oh, gross. First...
1: I don't want to, but no,
0: I mean, nope, okay. Uh, but John Brown did get one catch on Chris Harris that turned uh, into a 34 yard touchdown, which. It's been nice. to I mean, he's just been a fantastic floor play this year, this entire year, John Brown. I mean, he hasn't scored a bunch of touchdowns. He hasn't made a ton of deep receptions like that one. But overall, he's been a guy that you really don't want to bench. Do
1: you think Drew Lott gets the thumbs up anytime soon?
0: Yes. See what I did there? Yes, because the Broncos are fourth in their division, three and eight. Um, they've got Brandon Allen completing 40% of his throws for a cool Three point three yards per attempt. Oy, that's like a that's like, oy, a, bad, that's that's a, like a bad that's a bad like rushing average.
1: Oh my god. That's like
0: you you, you get a running back getting a three point three, you're like, oh man. Yeah, it is really uh.
1: disappointing though, because you did see at moments that Allen had um a confidence about him, a swag about him, right? Um
0: swag only gets you so far.
1: That's true. I mean all of the quarterbacks in Denver will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh big day for the the bills backfield too, 21 carries uh, yes, 106 indeed. yards for Devin Singletary oh, a long run of 11 yards too so you know he was like steady gaining those yards Frank Gore also I mean he was all over red zone if you watch red zone he broke he broke Barry Sanders like all-time I missed rushing
1: the, so we do watch red zone um yeah. and when you were talking about DJ Chark, right like I totally agreed with you but um I missed the Devin Singletary chain moving because I felt like every time I looked up, Frank Gore was the well, player cause being highlighted. they were you know, drooling the over
0: the, the 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 records and yeah. such of that nature.
1: That nature. Um, here's my thought about—here, uh, I just—Cortland Sutton, we talked about this in one of the halftime shows, didn't have a great game. Yeah. This kind of happens once in a while. It happens
0: when you're playing with Brandon Allen as your quarterback.
1: So, if we, but he has been able to thwart that narrative up until now, right? Yeah. Like, he has been a, per, a player who has produced regardless, and mm-hmm. he was doing it with Joe Flacco under center. And there was a moment where we were like, well, what's worse, Brandon Allen or Joe Flacco? If Drew Locke, been
0: Brandon Allen, by
1: the way, <laughs> if Drew Locke, when, let's say when Drew when, Locke yep. becomes the starter, are you downgrading Cortland Sutton at all? Or have all of the weeks before proven to you that he can produce? And that he is a, a player that, despite how boring his tape may be when you are charting him for reception perception, is a player that can drag a quarterback into production.
0: Well, I think that he's a play- He's a player like DJ Moore that's taken a big step forward from year one to year two. Like, he's clearly developed. Um, however, I think just with the quarterback change, it's exactly what we've seen here. Like, the floor is removed, but the ceiling Still remains. I mean, with Flacco, he was a great, he was never a big ceiling play with Flacco. He was just a really good floor play because he was catching a lot of his targets and he was about consistently clearing 70 yards. I, I think that that floor gets a little sunk out when you're talking about guys like Brandon Allen and Drew Luck. Luck. He wishes he was Andrew Luck.
1: a little slip. Um, I really don't want to talk about Pittsburgh at Cincy, but I think we have to. Or do we not? Did we talk about it enough with Benny Snell? Hold on. Yeah. We talked about yeah. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. We don't have to do yeah, this. Yeah, we don't do? have to do this. I mean, I think the only thing I would mention, frankly, is less about Pittsburgh and more about the Bengals. And Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd had himself a day.
0: Yeah, he uh, started chirping a little bit about and, not getting yeah. thrown to. And uh, jumping
1: into the stands after a touchdown and looking good doing it, and like not just the jump, but the catch
0: that well, that catch that he had, he had the one one handed one, and then the second one, the touchdown that was a wobbler
1: from O'Ryan Finley.
0: Yeah, that was a wobbling ball going his way, but he came down with it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon, like valiant oh. effort he had one run that we we, we both commented on it looked like it was about to go for negative five and he had to think about a gain Spun of nine of yards it. 18 carries for 79 yards on the ground continues to be curiously uninvolved as a receiver um I mean
1: Giovanni Bernard's healthy so they're not going to do it great I'm, I'm yeah I know this is I know the facts this is not the way I would play call the plays Zach Taylor
0: yeah, no, but I, I think like that was just an epitome of his entire season was like, oh, he's just getting slammed behind the 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 line of scrimmage, but he manages to get out of it and like make something out of nothing. Refusing
1: to give up. And I think Tyler Boyd. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Bengals will host the Jets in week 13. So I think Tyler Boyd can stay on this. this radar as a fantasy relevant piece. I don't know where I'm going to rank him right now, but I'm certainly playing him at least at a flex and probably as a low end wide receiver too, depending on what my options are.
0: I would agree with that.
1: All right. I'm glad you would agree. Um, Anyway, check out our pod on Wednesday in advance of Thursday's, Smoking Thanksgiving slate. And then we'll also preview the Sunday games. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF available to be followed on Twitter and Instagram. And Matt's handle is also on both platforms at Matt Harmon underscore B Y B. We out.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on auto trader.